I wouldn't have had the, to have uh, talked much anyway, so it's all good. He, uh, I, I wonder what he got it from. We had a pretty. He made. Uh, we went over there for dinner on um, whatever day it was, Saturday. Yep. He made uh, some delicious buffalo chicken sliders Ooh. and uh, burgers. They were pretty tasty, actually. The dude can cook. We drank. Hey, we can cook. Yeah, he's a good cook. Yep. Um. Yeah, nothing else. Uh, it's not as tremendous, tremendously exciting. Went to that. Went to the first day of the Belgian Beer Week. Yep. Thing yesterday. Get into on the show, so we might as well. And there's roll. more coming, so we might as well do it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's the Beer Engine Podcast. It's Griff. Hello. How are you doing, everybody? Good Good to be here on the air. Um, speaking of being in the air, Tony, I am excited. I was excited to hear that you, uh, despite there being um, eight uh, people, it sounds like, were killed in a small plane accident over Russia, but um, there were nine of you on the plane, and it sounds like you've walked away unscathed, so congrats. Well, seven of us have walked away. Look, we all know who's still alive and who's not alive. And anybody that uh, can speak against Putin and last a month or two is probably a guy that can fake his own death and then allow the Ukraine and Russia to fight over it. Look, all I know is there is some advantages to being the heaviest person. Uh, and it really paid out in this situation because I didn't get the ILC, I didn't get the emergency exit. All of the places that got hit first, they were in real danger. And when you hit the ground, when you're my size, you tend to have a little bit more bounce. So it works out for you at the end of the day. I am, um, he, uh, he does have a bit of a Homer Simpson look about him, this feller. Hey, I'm telling um, you, he, he could pull a Homer. He could do, he could throw the, he could fake it, definitely fake his own death. Krusty also faked his own death, who essentially is Homer with crazy hair. Yep. And makeup. Um, so that is pretty funny. Uh, I thought, I just thought it was, I gotta say, um, if I, uh, maybe you had something to do with shooting down. Oh, oh God. Oh no, we've lost him. Tony's, he's survives the plane crash and chokes on a glass of water. Yeah, Brutal. the uh, the Russian uh, um, KGB or whatever they're called now, they were coming after me, though, trying to kill me with my zero sugar Coke. Good Coca Cola. Yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think I would small in a, fly in a small plane uh, over the over a country where I maybe shot down some Air Force <laughs> planes. This this my personal uh, maybe maybe um, you know maybe it was. Some like bold ass shit that he's like, they'll, they'll never take me, but I don't think I have that in me. I'd be like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna lay low over here, yep, um, in Belarus or wherever the hell I am now, you know, or Africa, yeah, that's where he was hanging out, was. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So I might just, I might just chill there. That's just my personal take on this. Is no, nothing, I have no, uh, my opinion is I would not fly a in a Cessna jet, uh, over. 
uh, airspace of a country where I blew some shit up. That's just yeah. personal. That, that's a personal stance you can count on from Griff. I, I'd go even further. I'd, I'd say any small plane because I don't think he was in a Cessna. I think he was in a jet stream or something similar. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say I wouldn't. He's in the Wright brothers plane. <laughs> I wouldn't generally fly across any country. Um. That had hostilities towards me. It's just a pretty good rule I live by. Yeah. So I don't know what countries have it out for me, but uh, I'd probably avoid flying flying over those. Um, Not the U.S., Tony. So you can come here. We're good. Yeah. We uh, we reserve our hostilities for <laughs> a very specific uh, uh, set of many different countries. Yeah. Um, or just each other. I can see that happening in yeah, the Yeah, I mean, you're each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that could happen. Yeah, Some sure. domestic terrorism. I'm going to call it now. Call me Alex Jones happens when all the it happens. Time. I'm going to give a vague promise in the next couple of years there's going to be some madman somewhere try and do something in regards to airlines and d- domestic politics. Um, yeah. If, I mean, they're already – the shapeshifters are already on whatever airline that was, Southwest or whatever. The shapeshifters have already appeared on <laughs> – Whatever that fuck, where that fucking lady went nuts or whatever. I forget what. Oh yeah, was, yeah. Be funny. She went. Um, she went bonkers. That was good to see. Yeah, so I might already be out there. Um, now you, Tony, did you get lot. excited? Yeah. Do you, have do you seen lot, any yeah. real world like Karen-y shit go down on a plane? Uh, the worst thing I saw was actually coming back from Brazil, um, and I was sitting in. Uh, not to pat myself on the back, premium economy. I know, real smooth. Ooh, fancy. And, uh, I know, right? Yes. And then, um, so I was right by, but I was kind of by the galley, unfortunately, which is never ideal. But it's just, it's fine. Um, so I, I'm walking back to go to the restroom to, like, um, you know, you get ready. I was going to try to sleep, so I was going to go, like, get my face washed and 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 brush my teeth with bottled water and all that shit, yeah. right? And. Um, I uh, I walk past the galley and there's this dude just like tear ch- chewing out a flight attendant. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, it's, and he's a big fella, and it's just like, I don't know, just a flight attendant, like lady, you know. Yep. Just getting it like screamed at by this guy. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So then I come out. I'm I'm ready for. Uh, I get my teeth brushed and everything. Come out and I see this poor lady's like crying. I'm like, what the fuck did this guy say to her? That's so mean. Um, so I felt really bad. But, yeah, that's the worst thing I think I've ever, like, the most crazy thing I think I've ever seen. The other yep. shit is just, like, annoying plane shit and people being idiots. Like, on our flight home from London this past year, um, from Copenhagen, there was a lady walking up and down the plane without shoes on. I'm like, you are the nastiest fucking person <laughs> on earth. If you're walking without, no socks, no shoes. No socks, walking up and down the plane, going in the bathroom. I'm like, it's just piss. It's piss everywhere. Piss. Yep. You know, it's bouncy on the plane. There's people <laughs> pissing on the floor. God damn it. And who knows what's on the rest of the floor? You know, the weird crumbs and, and shit. Yeah, you know, so that was nasty. I've seen the people taking their shoes off and taking their socks off on the plane. That's always gross. Um, you know, no, there's just some... I mean, but I haven't seen anyone, like, have an outburst or anything like that. Oh, that's disappointing. I thought with all your flying, you would have at least seen one, like, 
Knock on wood that I can avoid that and and also don't ever have to make any kind of emergency landings or anything like that. Yeah, especially flying in and out of Florida. You really thought you would have seen that. Yeah, just somebody dies, you know, just somebody dies on the plane. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's a short flight from from Fort Myers to Charlotte, and that's the way you have to get there. So maybe I'm dodging that bullet. Um, No, yeah, I haven't seen any crazy. Uh, you know, it was crazy to watch Tony was watching the Tottenham Hotspur football club uh, exhibit their brand of chaos on Manchester United uh, this past week. Did you get to catch any of that? Two nil, baby. Of course, I saw the yeah, highlights. It was something else, huh? Yep. It was it was pretty cool. I I enjoyed it, and um, I think he's got the fa- he's got the fan base all behind him already. That guy is so lovable. Yep. Um, it, it's surprising how quickly he can mobilise fans behind him. He did it in Scotland as well. Um, did it with the Australian national team. We had a whole bunch of foreign coaches. Nobody really loved the coach and the team until he came on board. But um, he seems to be able to somehow, without saying a great deal, he hasn't promised any cups. He hasn't promised yeah, shouldn't. this huge improvement. Um <laughs> But what he's done is he's just spoken the truth and laid out a plan of what he's going to do, and he's starting to execute on that. Yeah, he pretty much said, uh, we're going to play f- a fun football, and you're going to have fun watching it, and it's going to be uh, – and you'll be real proud of that. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and then you watch it, and you're like, damn, this is crazy. <laughs> like, it's absolutely horrifying most of it for, like, half the time. Um, you're just like, oh, God, there's something <laughs> insane happening. Um if they can get the, they got to get their defense. Like, I mean, those guys have played one game together, yep. two center backs. So you'll you you expect they'll get better and sort it out in the goal and the goalie. Um, but my God, it's it's absolute panic. Uh, a lot of time to watch it. Although once they get control of the game, you can see what the defensive method is, which is, and if we can just have the ball in our half, it is a lot harder for them to score. Which yeah. is. Yep. An excellent defensive concept, actually. Maybe even better than the Mourinho one, which is let them have the ball a lot and just hope they don't score. Yeah, yep. Because <laughs> it, it's – whichever way you look at it, you're always within inches of death in soccer. Yep, it is. It's just true. Yeah. You, you would rather go down spending 70% of the game in attack, pushing the ball forward and having those counterattacks off you and stressing over them rather than what Tottenham have had the last few seasons, which has been defend, 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 uh, probably get scored on once or twice during the game and then have one or two chances and that was it. And you don't have any – you don't have enough – the thing is, you still only have as many guys as they do. It's not like you're defending with more players than they have. You have the same fucking amount of players, so you're yep. not you're not doing any magic. You're, I mean, I, I so I get what I get what we're doing. It'll be, I think it's going to be, it'll be a, it'll be some ups and downs. I think, but I still think um, that was super encouraging. That um, I mean, listen, Man United looks out of sorts, but they have a lot of really good, expensive players. They have so, a lot of expensive players. I will say that not necessarily <laughs> good. They, Many of them are good. Um, you would at least, but but I think um, our our some of our children got out there and did a little tap dance on them, which was pretty cool <laughs> to watch. It was good. I, I have not really enjoyed watching Spurs for. Oof, I mean, not, maybe not since. Yeah, maybe not since. I at least enjoyed when we beat Arsenal three to nothing, uh, May of twenty twenty two. That was pretty yep. cool, or twenty twenty one. That was twenty twenty two. I'm right. 
And then um, there's been a couple wins in there that have been fun, but we really I have not played any consistently fun football since the Champions League final. So, yep. Um, and there's something it's about good to see. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, Big Ange on the sideline, and like he celebrates like any coach. But there are some coaches, especially European, and it's all hands and whatever else. But Ange just stands there in that commanding way, and then when he scores, he breaks loose for thirty seconds, and then he's back onto it. Yep, uh, he's a he's a tactical feller. He's got his eyes on stuff yep. pretty much the entire game, which I appreciate at least. Now, you know, sp- it's sp- thoughtful, and he actually makes substitutions, which I love. We haven't not had a <laughs> manager that actually uses his subs in a long time. It's an underrated part of of um, football compared to a lot of other sports. Well, at least the sports that you and I watch. We're basketball yeah. fans. Substitutions have been a, a massive tactical part of the game for years. Um, yep. um, Aussie rules football. We have a rotating bench. We now have a cap on the amount of players um, that use it. You're an ice hockey fan. That's all about lineup changes and yeah, depending on the situation, yeah. what lineup you'll go with. So I understand the rules are different in football um, compared to those sports that I'm talking about. It's, it's, you, you're, you are genuinely subbing and you can't come back on. But I'm surprised it's not used more often, actually, in the game in a larger context. The, the, when you run that much, you yeah. feel like you'd want to get a few fresh legs on um, at some point. And uh, I, I think there's always fear of injury, too. They always feel like you got to hold on to one because if you get an injury, you're, I mean, you have no sub windows left, you're fucked. You know? Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's always a part of it, too. But... Yeah, I just don't think we've used them enough, and it's a trust thing, I presume, also. Um, it, I think it's a little bit like basketball in the way that <clears throat> you might use your subs more often. You, you'd probably be more likely to use your subs if you had one in the first half or a couple in the first half that you could bring on and bring off. But, you know, it's when it's at the end of the game that you want to use them, but it's also crunch time when you want to have your most trusted guys out there. And you already put those guys out there, you know. What we need in soccer is a um, Vinny the Microwave Johnson situation. Just somebody that you know is just going to give you. And this is where Sam Car- Sam Kerr worked out for Australia. It's not her normal role, but that, that 20 yeah. minutes of spark at the end of the game. You knew it was dependable. You knew she was going to light up the game. Um, yep. So There's guys like that for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a sport yeah. that I follow on the periphery and I need some reason to follow with interest and began just giving me that at the moment. So yeah, I'm excited to, to follow yeah. it. I'm excited to um, watch some FIBA World um, champs coming up in the basketball. That'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's exciting. Australia look good yeah. so far. Lost to Brazil. Australia will be good. US played pretty well in their lead-up games, I thought. Um, Anthony Anthony uh, Edwards is going ham, which is fun to see. Yep. I almost said Anthony Bennett. Remember Anthony Bennett? Number one draft pick the, uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah, that guy was great. Yep. Um, well, speaking of the World Cup, I did want to point out, by the way, the football, the uh, the Women's World Cup, that I um, I bet on the other three teams to win in the Final Four. So Classic the one team Chris. I didn't bet on, Classic. of course, did win. <laughs> so I had Australia... England and uh, um, Sweden, and uh, somehow did not 
did not hedge and also did not get any money. So they just ended up with fucked with nothing. So that's awesome. Hey, it's great. Me and Brian <laughs> are really good at gambling, I think. Yeah, we're nailing it. You're doing a great job. Um, all right, that's enough sports babble for now. Let's talk about some beer. Um, yesterday, Tony, it's I guess it's Belgian, it's Belgium Beer Week. And I hate the way this is phrased, by the way, because I want to say it's Belgian Beer Week, like I-A-N. Yeah. But it is actually Belgium Beer Week. It is Beer Week in, in Belgium. Also. Okay. And that's part of this event. But so this is actually called Belgium Beer Week, not Belgian Beer Week. It'd be like if we had um, uh, Nevada Beer Week and not Nevadan Beer Week, I guess, you know? <laughs> I, I think this is one of but those It's weird things. to not be in Belgium and say Belgium Beer Week. I'm like, well, I'm in the U.S. I can't have Belgium Beer Week. I'm yeah. here. What uh, I, <laughs> I would say when it's... Not to do with your country. Say it however you want, as long as it sounds fucking right. If it sounds right to say Belgian, which it does, rather than Bel- Belgium, I know that's splitting hairs, but Belgian um, beer week certainly rolls off the tongue better than the other way of saying it. Because I feel like I'm saying the same word, but I'm not, because I'm reading it. And yes, the way you say it is correct. Go with the one that rolls off the tongue in, in my book. The more important thing is the fact that you're drinking magnificent beer most of the time. I'm, I'm guessing you're not drinking Stella Artois. No, they were not serving up Stella Artois. We did pop into the Silver Stamp yesterday, which was the kickoff of this um, National Beer Week of some kind. <laughs> and um, they have put on 19 Belgian beers. They did keep um, – they kept the Kolsch on. They didn't get rid of uh, – they, they didn't pull off Reisdorf. Uh, from line 14, but they have uh, 19 others varying pretty much every style you could want um, from wit beer and Belgian, like Bavic pills, so Czech pills made in Belgium, Yep, all the way up to quads, all your Trappist styles, your um, doubles, triples, quads, golden ales, Belgian pale ale, um, so some of your all-time classics were on, plus a huge selection of, of Lambic this week, um, and later on, we're going to play a little game where where we uh, I, where I um I was getting kind of mad at the untapped ratings. Not to give you a preview <laughs> as to what that's going to be like, but um, it's going to be interesting. Some massively um, overrated beers, by the sound of it, the general public these just beers handing out fives and fives. Nothing's and fives. more nothing's more overrated than uh yeah D- Duronk XX bitter. Uh, which, by the way, on draft, we I've only had these beers in bottles lately. Yep. These beers on draft are fucking good, by the way. Um, so the Duranc Bitter tastes amazing. Um, I had the I had a Taurus Bulba, which is, I don't know if you've ever had Taurus Bulba, no. Tony, but it's like the most refreshing Belgian pale ale you ever drank. It's amazing. Um, and on draft, even better than the bottles. And then um, I had the little pour, the Creakin, the Creakin Lambic. Which on draft even was was hitting. Sometimes those beers on draft, those lambic beers on draft, just punch too sour. They haven't like refermented it all yep. or anything. This one was pretty dang good. So they're doing it up. Uh, they had a fun event yesterday where we made the world's smallest toast for Brasserie Le Chouf. 
um, which is the beer with a little elf on it, you know, and the big yep. nose. The, they gave us the all Ganon. beards and noses, Tony. It was very fun. And uh, it was it was a great time. And there's a Shimei event tonight. Not going to that because I'm here with you. Oh, but uh, maybe I'll go to the Magnum tapping on Friday. That's gonna be there nice. you go. You could have taken this week off, considering what was nah. available to you. Or was there nothing? I don't think Shimei. I don't think Shimei. As much as I enjoy Shimei, I don't think there's any Shimei's. There were no Shimei's that I couldn't just go down to Total Wine or Corey's and just have. So, yep, fair nothing, enough. Nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. So, very exciting. Uh, hopefully, you've got a bar in your area that's doing uh, this or celebrating this week. There is actually a website you can look. Uh, although we, although the Silver Stamp is the only one that actually signed up their. There's there's bar for the events on the website, even though I know Hopleaf is doing shit for Belgian <laughs> Beer Week. Um and I'm I'm sure many other bars that specialize in this stuff like Monk Cafe are doing stuff too, so they just haven't done it. They just didn't put it on the official website. Um you're making a mistake there, but yeah, check it out. That'll be uh highly recommend. <laughs> Guys, I highly recommend you drink like Taurus Bulba and fucking West Mala. It's awesome. Do it. Well, I'm going to drink a couple of Australian versions of some Belgian classics, if that's the case, because that's what I have access to. So that's what I'll be doing. Oh, I got a Tavor shipment yesterday, Tony. Yep. That, um, and I got actually two different – oh, man, I'm not sure if I can remember exactly which ones they were. But I got two different um, uh, barrel-age quads from uh, Firestone Walker. Nice. If you're familiar with their stickle, stickle, sticky monkey, yep. Here, if you've heard of that, they have. Um, they now have whistle monkey, which is a quad aged for 12 months in 10 year rye whiskey barrels. I'm guessing those are whistle, whistle pig barrels. So I'm super excited for that. And they had another. They had another monkey that I can't remember which one it was. I can find out. It's not sticky monkey, um, and. Uh, it's not going to tell me which one it is, so that's fine. Um, anyways, they were uh, – I'm excited to pop those open, so I'm very pumped for that um, to actually get some barrel-aged quad going in the house. Excellent. Shit. All right, Tony, let's do the Discord. All right. Uh, hey, good news. Um we were uh, at the very top and uh, for most reliable and the dead center from the media bias chart uh, <laughs> presented by Ad Fontes Media. Uh, I, I was very excited to hear this, Tony. Um, you know, who's we're not we're not one of those loony left, uh, no. uh, you know, crazy Infowars right uh, type of unreliable news sources. Uh, you know, you won't find us with the Wonkette uh, or what the fuck is this? The the bl- Black Agenda Report, okay? Um, <laughs> daily the Daily Costs, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, or or nor will we be with what is this one with Donald Trump Jr. on it? Uh, we got Infowars down here. Vaccines News. How did they make this? <laughs> Vaccines News. Natural News. Natural News is an offshoot of Alex Jones. Uh, that's Mike Adams, his uh, chiropractor. That's his website. Before it's news is the far most 
inaccurate fabricated info. <laughs> that's the one that's all the way down. It's called Before It's News. What even is that? I'm afraid to even look it up. I'm not going to. Um, uh, nope, we're dead center at the very top. Thorough fact reporting and fact-dense analysis perfectly down the middle. Right there above Reuters and uh, uh, ProPublica. Fuck you. Yeah, the AP, the BBC. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, ass. You guys suck. We win. So, congrats to us. I thought that was cool. Um, Grammar Purist said he was going to share the chart in his in his class, which I think is great to hear. Yeah, you know, I, at least I, somebody else out there is able, you know, willing to influence academia with the true info. Yes, I, I look. You don't get many straight down the middle sources these days. Um, and especially those that are willing to have an opinion. Because let's be honest, most down-the-middle organisations, they're your buzzfeeds of the world. They're your um, listicles. They're the organisations yeah. that are down the middle these days. We're not that. We have opinions. We bring them hard and we bring them fair. Dude, I love some of these ones that are on here. I, I What is Floricua? Are these ones you don't even know? You know the, all these. I know some of these, but even some of these had me baffled. Like, you saw me go into depth about um, the, the health website. Barstool I'm... Sports is on here, Tony. Sorry. Barstool Sports is on here. That's got to be to the right, surely. <laughs> no, it's down the middle, and it's, on, it's under selective, incomplete, unfair persuasion, propaganda, or other issues. They're doing that. They're selective, incomplete, and doing unfair persuasion, but to the center. <laughs> Which just says to really me, funny. oh, you're being really sloppy. funny to think about. They're on there being like, you love Hillary, you know, whatever. I don't know what the fuck is going on on Barstool Sports. It's good. Also, sorry, go ahead with what you were saying. Oh, um, I don't even know what I was saying. It, okay. it just baffles me that he can be down the middle. Is Rogan on there? Because he'd have to be, surely. In a weird Ooh. space because he's like got these right wing views mixed with this like left wing like joie de vivre kind of. Deal. It's hard to find anything on here. I don't see Rogan specifically. Um, they do have podcasts on here though because True Anon is on here. Yeah. Um, in skews left opinion or wide variation in reliability. Now, not, where I mean, about I think it's opinion, this? I'm, I'm just trying to find it again. I'm not sure. True Anon. No, which channel? Yeah, is the charting? But this is um, the ad adfontasmedia.com. Yeah, but I thought um, we we posted that somewhere on our Discord. Oh, Which, I posted on the general Discord general channel. Sorry. Okay. It's on. It's under August seventeenth date. Okay. Um, this chart gave me. I I got so much joy out of looking at this, but every time I look at it, I see a new thing that I can't believe is actually getting recognized on here. Um, I can't believe we are in the same chart as some of these crazy sources like um, Common cool. Dreams. I'm not sure what that is. Um, uh, ooh, the RT is on the right side, by the way, if you're wondering. But we're more um, right wing than, uh, than Complex and IGN, which I'm shocked about, and CNN TV. We're more to the right of CNN because apparently they well, you left. I do love that. That's what's funny to look at this stuff. My patch is my favorite one. Not not the guy, the <laughs> the, the network. Patch patch slightly skews left. 
Patch is the site where you like because you you probably have no idea what I'm talking about with Patch Town. No, I don't. I don't know. It's this website. It's this. It's this local news site, but it sends you stuff like um, uh, local Seven Eleven has seven candy bars stolen by teens. Breaking news, and it sends you that in an email once a day. <laughs> it's really good to get. It's sort of like a. It's like a. It's like a slightly more reported on uh, next door. Yep, I, I love um, how where Jimmy Dore is. That is crazy that he's considered it left. Uh, he's gone like full right wing Jimmy Dore of late. Yep. That's crazy. CNN, CNN on here to to the left, uh, which is which is good stuff. It's just fun to think. That's what's funny to the the thing to think about. Honestly, <laughs> being somewhat serious about this and removing us from the conversation. Um, is that uh, that's what the left is now considered is CNN. That's good. Good to think about. The center The center is now pretty, as you can see, it actually weighs, you can look at this chart and see it weighs heavily to the right. It's almost balanced out, yep. like pushed to the right because most of this stuff should just be off the, I mean, it should be in, it should be, be shot in a cannon. I mean, there's, it doesn't even exist, you know. But, yeah, when InfoWars is not even the most extreme thing right, uh, and it's up there with Tim Cast in IRL. Um, Before it's news, baby. But I've got to say, Steelers wheel were onto something when they said, jokers to the left of me, clowns to the right. You look at that chart and it's absolutely bang on. It's a lot of jokers and clowns on here. You can't get enough of them. <laughs> uh, there's a tremendous amount of them on here. Uh, thanks to Griff's Drunk Uncle, though, it says the, TV, the Beer Engine podcast where he gets all of his news. Goddamn right. That's the best place. Um, it's a, hey, I get a lot of mine from here, too, to be honest. Yep. Um, Grammar Purist with a question, I think, for you, Tony, as well as Nick. Um, I, you know, I've been curious about Star Wars whiskey as well. What's what are you? What's your take on these Star Wars whiskey? Uh, a double grain here. I, I don't think I've ever had it, um, to be honest. But I can tell you, it is a great barrel for aging beers in. It is a phenomenal okay. aging barrel, and that's where I think people um, in the beer, beer world sometimes get sucked in. Um, to going after the the pappy barrels and the these sort of yeah. rare single great whiskey barrels, they won't all, always translate into great beer barrels. But what I can tell you is all the Starwood stuff, and that's all I can tell you about. It makes fucking phenomenal beer. You get to try it yeah. um, shortly because this year's Ramjet is in Starwood barrels, so. It's oh, excellent. All right. Going to be pretty We get Star Wars. We get some Star Wars here in the States. I guess that's why Grammar Pierce is asking about it. But I've seen it at um, places in Chicago for sure. Not here in Vegas, but uh, what what is – is Australian whiskey – you may have told me this before. Is Australian whiskey more like Scotch or Irish or um, it's bourbon in nature? Or? Completely free. I would – I don't think it tends to go super smoky for the most part. I think a lot of peat, it's not peated and you know like that. Yeah, um, I think it's got a lot of. Um, it can be quite free in in what it sort of chases down. I imagine it to be like an American um, style whiskey um, that isn't just like chasing that bourbon route. I, I think you can be quite free. Uh, there's nothing crazy coming out 
of our whiskey. We're not developing our own style. I just think it can chase whatever it wants to chase. So I don't think you can yeah. nail down one style. Yeah, so it is a grain whiskey, which is going to be um, – okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I think this is probably somewhat well, – I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm getting a feel like it's maybe more like – Canadian whiskey or something like that. <laughs> I think we'll you're see. splitting hairs. Yeah. Starwood yeah, tastes right. good. Um, it's probably the just are great. Um, don't overthink it. I'm not a huge Scotch drinker, so if it if it as long as it's not lending the strong Scotch flavor. No offense to people who do like Scotch. It's just maybe not you know my bag. But um, I, I'll be I'll be excited. I actually had an Irish whiskey beer yesterday and I actually kind of liked it. It was pretty good. So yeah, I'm excited to try this. I will be drinking some, I'm sure I'll be drinking some of this when I'm there, whether it be in cocktails or, or, or over ice or hell on its own directly out of the bottle while I stumble down the street. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, all right. What else? Oh yeah. Nick Torque says he likes it too. So he'd, he'd give that a spin. He is more of a scotch drinker. So that's cool. Um, just like our friend, Brian. Who is a big Scotch drinker occasionally? Yes. He does enjoy a, uh, a Glen. Did he get a Glen Fittich bottle recently? I think available um, pretty much everywhere great, in Australia. That's true. Yep, we had a busy uh, beer chat week for sure. Yeah, um, we had we had of course we had um, Axel Ottman out there in the mean streets of Philadelphia. Went over to the Human Robot. Uh, brewery to drink some lager. Very cool. I, I would love to try their beers. I've heard they're very good. Had an Italian Pills, versions of the Berliner. You can see the, the Woodruff added one. Uh, cool green color there. Um, we had Nick Torque out on camping, out in Gippsland, and you, he went and saw you, I believe, didn't he? He sure did. He completed his list. We should be giving yep. Nick the applause. 155 of 155 Victorian breweries made it to Mafco. How was your visit, Tony? Yes, very good. Um, yeah, it was excellent. Um, it was a Friday, cold Friday afternoon, but uh, we were able to catch up with Jimmy the Brewer. Um, gave Nick a tour through the place. He got to try the handful of beers that we have on tap. Um, I think it shocked him the size of the venue for regional Victoria. It's probably one of the larger venues that he's yeah. been to as far as a um, tap room and, and brewery. Um, not up there with some of the Melbourne – well, probably up there with some of the Melbourne uh, breweries in terms of space. Um, the photos don't really do justice to the amount of land they've actually got for the brewery. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope he enjoyed his meal. I hope he had a good time. I hope he enjoyed um, the beverage or two that um, he was able to have. And, yeah, we are able to catch up with uh, Jimmy, who's just gone full-time brewing – Mafco oh, giving up his engineering job, getting ready to put down a Kolsch. I just um, grabbed the hops and the yeast for him the other day and chucked them in the fridge for him. What'd you fellas eat here? This looks kind of good. You got something on a pita here? Um, I had the lamb ribs um, okay. with drizzled with honey and uh, pesto, a coriander pesto. Good. And what did Nick have? I'm just trying to. Find that picture again. Um, that oh, that's a steak sanger on a ciabatta roll. Oh, it looks good. All right, very cool. 
looks like you, you have a good amount of beers on there now. You got a Meritzen, a Saison, a Lager, a Pale, and then these are two Sailor's Grave beers, right? The um, no, just the one, IPA. What's the, just one Sailor's Grave. Stout. You guys did that one too. That's your guys' yep. chocolate milk stout. That's very it. cool. And Nick, um, we've come up with a um, a drink that you'd be familiar with for our chocolate milk stout. I we all know it drinks too sweet. Uh, we knew that. As it was coming out of the fermenter, Jimmy mucked up in the recipe, but it makes a tremendous poor man's black velvet. I know black velvet okay, should sure. have champagne or Prosecco or sparkling wine, but you do a 50-50 blend of the milk stout with the Mafco cider. Oh, boy, it's fucking good. All right. That sounds good. I like that. Very cool. Um, that's awesome. So congrats to Nick. Uh, I'm excited. I will be there yep. in a mere th- Three months, so very exciting. Yep, we'll have to do um, that Wednesday through Sunday at some point. They're not open Monday or Tuesday. They're open Wednesday, Sunday. All right, we'll plan to be there. I, I think our well, we can talk about this after the show, but I think we'll plan to be there maybe Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday, come out Wednesday morning. Yep, I'll go back to uh, Melbourne on Thursday. Yep, um, and you'll see some. That'll be the plan. Local scenery along the way, not very just cool. Mefra. Um, we got to talk about. Grammar purist here. Uh, he was drinking some moon pie, banana cream, uh, something, moonshine. So we got some moon pie, banana cream, moonshine. This is some goopy looking stuff we got here. Yeah. Um, Super dodge. It's got banana moon pie. As a, as, so he had a banana moon pie. I've had a regular moon pie. I've not had a banana moon pie. Um, he said it's creamy, it's reminiscent in viscosity of eggnog. Oh, you, you're going to love that. Oof. You're a big eggnog oh, fan. Oh, yeah, you know I love it. There's rum at the forefront of the flavor profile. That is followed by notes of banana and marshmallow, although both profiles are almost overpowered by the rum. It's 34 proof, so that's not unexpected. So this is only 17% alcohol, so not insane. Um, no hint of the cake profile. Overall, a tasty beverage used as an experimental mixer. So thank you for that review. Um, Chris Drunk Uncle out there drinking in Ontario overseas, technically, uh, um, over, over land. Oh, Kingston, Ontario, not Ontario, California. No, no, Ontario, uh, the state uh, or the province in uh, fucking Canada. Yep. Um, uh, where they do have the cool sub, like these crazy tappers that you don't really see in the states. These like the, the Sub Zero Coors Light uh, keg fridge, which which he sent us a picture of here. Yeah. You saw those in Ireland a lot, but you don't really see those here. I was going to say it's more a European thing that I associate with European like Euro trash bars. Yep, that's right. Um, meanwhile, oh yeah, I did have a good beer weekend because I went to this Beechwood Tap takeover. At 595, 595, which is a excellent um, group, uh, like gastropub here in town. Um, yep. I, I, I don't feel like I bring them up enough in the list of good beer places here. 595 is absolutely killer, especially if you want to eat one of the few that has food. Um, they have great food. They have banh mi. They have extremely good buffalo chicken tacos. Um, they make some... Uh, killer different like hangover fries and all that stuff. So good, good bar food. Uh, and this is a killer list of Beachwoods. 
<laughs> even if you just had the beers on the right hand side, the blendery beers, which included three different um, of their like goose style three year lambic blends, they're cool shit beers. Um, not to and then not to mention they also had a bunch of their IPAs and stuff. Uh, hey. on, which was really killer. So yeah. Beachwood, I believe, was our beer of the year or our brewery of the year yeah. this past year. Um, and they all these beers were absolutely lovely. So um, they're fantastic. Uh, really good, really good shit. What was your... Sort of a half acre of here. But. Yep. What was your, like, standout beer? Oh, man, I got to go with the Funky App Peach. Um, yep. You know, anything stone fruit. Uh, gets my gets my antenna um, buzzing a little bit, and um, that one was that one was absolutely delicious. Tastes like you know not not sour enough to give you that jawbreaker element, but it kind of just had that like delicate funk yep. on top of like that feeling where you like actually taste the fuzz when you bite into a peach. Um, really, really great, really, really great stuff. Um, so, and I got more beers from them coming in the lager of the week too. So. That's excited. Um, my drunk uncle also drinking some Philomena Pilsner from McKinnon Brothers Brewing in Canada, I'm guessing. Um, we had Cascade Dank. Welcome back, Cascade. Uh, he was drinking some Verdant. These look delicious. Uh, the names of the beers are very funny. Sniffing the Wrong People is the IPA. <laughs> Lightning of the Mock. Uh, Imperial Stout look both look great. My man was going for it, and he had a. Now this is a beer I can get here, Tony. Great Notion Double Stack. This is some pastry stout here with coffee, maple syrup, uh, and natural flavor. Mm. Um, but this is a. Uh, it is good. This is a very good pastry stout from Great Notion. So respect to Cascade. Good, good one to get your hands on. Yep. Um. And finally, we have Max Allotment drinking some Suarez family pills, and I'm just fucking jealous. So, God damn it. I want some Suarez. And there was one last post there. Yeah, I posted this for you guys in Australia. Um, take a look. Yeah. Uh, Carwin Sellers just got a drop of Ballast Point barrel age stuff. Everything you could say about Ballast Point's kind of struggles and the sale and the sellback to Kings and Convicts or whatever it is. These beers, they keep they, they keep cranking out these barrel-aged victory at seas, and they keep tasting good. So if you're looking for a good, somewhat old-school barrel-aged porter, uh, you could do a lot worse. These are good. These are good tasting beers. So uh, you know, if you're in Melbourne, there, Tony, or you want to get an order in, yeah. I have to recommend it. Um, very good stuff. I will say it was Nick did offer to um, put in an order from Cowan Sellers for me on before he left for his trip, but just couldn't afford it because the beers are so good. My order would have been so huge. I decided discretion would be the better, better part of valor, and I didn't put it in an order with him because they're always getting you gotta, beers. I'll do it in person. You got a trip to the states due, so you gotta you gotta yeah. keep your pocketbook strong. Well, I've got. Uh, you guys visiting, so that got to save the money for that because we've got to do some serious drinking during that trip. That's going to eat into the that's going to eat into the old wallet. Yep. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll be we'll be intelligent. We're not doing. Listen, we aren't expensive taste people. We like drinking beer and uh, 
eating french fries so we'll be doing that too so that, that ain't too expensive i know it's melbourne so it's not cheap to do that stuff yes, it's, it's not, not horrible um listen i just did it in new york and that's fucking expensive to do shit there so um all right let's do a quick uh here's a quick pre news news story i'm gonna throw out uh this is uh about Kid Rock, remember him? <laughs> oh, hypocrisy. It's the best. This is from TMZ. You know I love reading some good old TMZ. Um, what are the top stories here on TMZ right now? Uh, celebrate Riverdale series finale with these behind-the-scenes snaps. Insane video shows shootout at Texas apartment building. Rudy Giuliani mugshot <laughs> uh, released. That's pretty funny. Did you see that, Tony? No, good. I didn't. That's oh, great, you can then. find it very easily. It is really good. Um, Kid Rock. The story is called Kid Rock Enjoys a Bud Light. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, Kid Rock seemingly can't turn down the light, refreshing taste of a Bud Light, no matter who is on the can. Sipping a cold one only months after he obliterated cases of beer with an AR-style rifle. No, uh, he- the same guy who exclaimed, fuck Bud Light and fuck Anheuser-Busch a few months ago is at Skydeck in Nashville. Taking in Colt's for, Colt Ford's show and drinking Bud Light. Now, are you telling me that somebody that is that performative <laughs> doesn't actually give a fuck about his political motivations when it comes to things like beer and is just into um, whipping up a frenzy? No, I'm shocked. I thought he was for real. I thought he was died in the wall, um, was really in it for the ideology um just absolutely shocked that Kid Rock Rock is um, so shallow and 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 would go against his values so easily. Just absolutely shocked. Yeah, yeah, he looks great too. You got to say, um, as we reported, Kid Rock posted a video shooting and destroying several cases of the beer. The angry post with blah blah blah. We know that. Um, though it's unlikely, maybe Kid Rock had a change of heart. Or maybe he just realized there's much bigger things to worry about. Wow, a deft hand from TMZ. Thank you, TMZ. Hey, Chat GPT uh, has done a lot for the likes of your TMZs and your your junk websites. It's really improved the writing out of sight. Oh, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Did you see Tony the high school football story written by TMZ recently? No, I, I didn't. Tell me about it. Um Hold on, I have to go back through like 500 text messages to find this shit. <laughs> um, but it is pretty bad. So yeah, there is a um, so like USA Today or whatever, one of these you like um, who is it? Gannett sponsored yep. um, newspapers. I think has already started farming out some of their like stories that they have. Guys who are you know you know what stringers are? Um, who are like guys who go out and write like local stories oh, yeah, that get yeah. paid like 200, 150 bucks to scribble together some of these stories. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but uh, it is, it was essentially like, um, here, let me see if I can find, like, Google it, Westerville High School AI. Eh. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. I found, actually, I did find it. Uh, this is um, from the Columbus Dispatch. It is a Gannett paper. Westerville North escapes Westerville Central in thin win in Ohio high school football action from lead AI. The Westerville North Warriors uh, defeated 
the Westerville Central Warhawks 21-12 in an Ohio high school football game on Friday. Westerville North edged Westerville Central 21-12 in a close encounter of the athletic kind at Westerville North High School on August 18th in Ohio football action. This is all in this story. Westerville North <laughs> opened with a 7-0 advantage over Westerville Central <laughs> through the first quarter. The Warhawks trimmed the margin to make it 7-6 at halftime. Westerville North jumped to a 21-6 lead heading into the final quarter. The Warriors chalked up this de- decision in spite of the Warhawks' oh, in fourth quarter performance. Check out our complete boys football roundup to stay up to date. So it feels like you're there, honestly. They tell such a vivid story of everything that happened. Um, so yet again, I will. I know that you can do stuff with AI. We often write our show notes with it because we're lazy and we just want to fill in the box. But I do not think that we are quite there yet on the on dialing in how we utilize this shit yet. <laughs> um, and I'll say, and the the reason why is because the reason why everything is a bunch of incompetent dipshits are doing it. So yep, you can sit here and say like, there's some massive plot to replace everyone with AI. By who? The dumbest motherfuckers on earth? Okay, you know, what do you want? Yep. <laughs> this is what you're getting. There's this idea that AI is replacing us. No, AI is a new tool, and it's and it's up to you to learn AI and how it's actually being used, or you just become one of these dumbass people that types in. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, like how we use it for show notes is not how to use it. Correctly, no. There are a lot of great no, uses use, for Chat GPT. Don't use Chat GPT three point five to say like, uh, "Hey, write show notes for a podcast, but with a man named Fart and a boy named Butt." <laughs> you know, that's that's <laughs> you. Today's show notes have got to include that. <laughs> and then, yeah, so and, and just say, and and their un- unswerving love for Cool Whip. I don't know why I'm adding Cool Whip in, but I just think uh, Fart and what was his name? Butt Boy? I imagine there's a big... man named Fart and a boy named Butt. <laughs> a big into Cool Whip. Um, so, so... <laughs> looks great. Um, okay, so there you go. That's Kid Rock. Whatever. He's, he's bad and you should feel bad. Let's move on, Tony. What's next? Oh, Logger of the Week. Let's do that. Let's do that. Oop. I hit the button twice. There I apologize. Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. Oh, Tony, my Logger of the Week is going to be a Beachwood Logger. It is called Airs Well with Pizza. Um, it is an Italian pills, not quite the um, platonic ideal of Pilsner that, say, Max Allotment posted from, excuse me, from um, Suarez. More of a modern style Pilsner, very bright, very hoppy, pretty floral, uh, definitely spicy, but tasted very good with the slightly rich buffalo chicken tacos there. From um, from five nine five, it's a delightful uh, Italian style, but maybe veering on what we have been calling lately the California style or West Coast style pills. Definitely had influences of that, which makes a lot of sense. But ultimately, very tasty. It's hard to 
do I believe do I believe those are the purest interpretation of Pilsner? Um, no. Are they even the great interpretation of Tipo pills? Mm-mm, not really. Uh, but they do, t- they do taste good. It is nice to have a hoppy, dry, <laughs> dry kind of slightly yeasty beer like that, um, bready-ish finish. You know that uh, it just hits. It's nice with food. I like it. Tony, how about you? I um I managed to get hold of some beer from this new upstart company. They were selling it cheap at Cow and Cellars. Uh, they're a, a relatively new brewery. I think it's pronounced uh, Weinstefan. Uh, they they produce this. Pretty these guys. Yeah, this um, German style of beer called Pilsner. Um, they came up. They uh, they came onto the scene pretty quick. I, I think they've. If you consider the whole of human history, uh, they've actually really haven't been around long at all. Yeah, a fraction of a second, really. When and <laughs> and you you take it back further to to pre-human history. Um, yeah, just. Just a, a blink abs- of an eye, blink of blink of an eye. Yep. Really, yeah. Really, haven't been around at all. Hundred-ish years, you know. Yeah, right. So once they get a, a few years under their belt, I imagine they'll be producing some truly bonkers stuff. Tighten the screws, yeah. Once they tighten the screws here, we'll be seeing some of the good shit. The Vian Stefan, the maple maple stout, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I've got to say, like. You know what you're getting every time, but it's always fucking oh, yeah. delightful. It's, it's never revolutionary, but it is so good. So I really enjoyed I, it. I Thank you, Nick Talk, for that. I have not had the pills in a while, but that yeah. Weiss beer, there is like nothing. The Crystal like, Weiss? I, there are so many great Weiss beers, but theirs is the, actually the, not, I like the Crystal, but they, they're like cloudy Weiss. They're, oh, yeah. they're um, Hefeweizen, which just is the, ideal taste of i don't know i i've like Iinger, i like hocker shore and yep. all those but the vine stefan one just does it and the vitus is a way to get yourself way fucked up if you want to <laughs> on, on weiss beer it's seven and a half percent it tastes amazing like a weisenbach oh it's so tasty i love it's a weisenbach yeah all right let's do beer of the week Let me guess, you're going to pick something from Germany or USA this week as your beer of the week, even though it's Belgium Beer Week. Uh, you know what, Tony? I don't think I am. I'm going to, you know, I like to do a stout and a sour. Um, so I am yep. going to do a Belgian one uh, for my sour one, and I got to go with The Song Blue by Brasserie Cantillon. Um yeah, I think I've actually used this one before, but it was uh, I, I. We went to a little small share, a couple bottles popped open on a Saturday afternoon, and uh, our friend had a bottle of this, the Song Blue, the uh, which has blue honeysuckle or hascap berries in it, um, and it was just flat out. I liked it better in the bottle than on draft. We had it on draft earlier this year at Stamp. The bottle is a lot more delicate, so tasted amazing. And uh, for my uh, wait, what was a good, what was this the stout highlighted? Oh yeah, barrel aged sump. So um, perennial, not German nor Belgian. 
but nearly St. Saint, Saint Um This is their coffee stout with some coffee, aged in Willet, Weller, and Blanton's barrels. Uh, it was a coffee from Ecuador that they used for this. The coffee is so well, some coffee is so amazing. It's some of the best coffee in the States. Yep. And um, made there in St. Louis. And then a great selection of barrels from Perennial. They're experts at this shit. Not too sweet, super punchy coffee flavor, but with a nice bourbon finish. Could not complain about that. Um, so highly enjoyable from, from Perennial on that one. How about you, Tony? I might have mentioned it last week. I don't think it was my beer of the week, but it's Seabird. Um, from Sailor's Grave. It's a Belgian pale ale. Fucking delicious. I went back this week and actually picked up a four-pack. Uh, it was that delicious. I love Belgian pale as a style. I don't think we see enough of it out there in the marketplace. I agree. Um, it's just, it's, it's such an underrated style. One of the first beers I ever checked in, Tony. Oh, let me check. Let me, let's check that on... I have five of the 156 check-ins of this beer ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, it was called Eben and Mail by Three Floyds. Hoppy and refreshing Belgian pale ale with a yeast from our friend Urban at Destruce Brewers in Belgium. So this was like a frothy-ass hoppy Belgian yeast pale. Used American hops with the Belgian yeast. So... Kind of crazy, but man, this was tasty. Five point eight percent, dry as a bone. Um, so I'm responsible for like almost you know four percent of the check-ins of this beer ever. Um, but it was so good. This when did I last check this in? December tenth, twenty eleven. So bring it, bring it back, gang. This beer is so yummy. We need more Belgian pale. I'm on Tony's side. This shit was super good. Yeah, and the guys at Sailors, they put some um, coastal salt bush um, in it as well, which is, a, I believe, an Australian native bush that, that grows up on the coast near – it grows right near Sailors. So they just foraged for it, I think. Um, and it yeah. added not much to the beer because you don't really need to add much to that beer, but it's fucking delicious. Absolutely killer. Yeah, love – and hey, guess what? I got some Belgian pale ale coming up in a later event here. So, so why don't we? Oh, I did want to say, gang, yep. I forgot to mention after the Discord, but um, you should join our Discord and hang out with us. Yes. Uh, and if you would like to join our Discord, just drop in us an email. It's beerengineshow at gmail.com. Send us a note on Instagram, beerenginepod, or just go to our website, beerengineshow.com, and click on the little Discord game controller. Yeah, it's down there at the bottom, and you can hang out with us on Discord. It's a good old time, uh, no pressure, no risk. There is no no chance of getting very low chance of getting owned unless you're me or Tony on our on your Discord. Um, this is unlike true. some other dis unlike some other Discords out there, <laughs> uh, and also a very low chance of potentially running into redacted. Uh, moving on, <laughs> I was just gonna let that hang there for a while. Yeah, just pulling back. Andy's pulling back. Uh, Griff's pulling back. Whatever his name is. <laughs> um, let's move on, Tony. Let's do the hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, this one. This one inspired some spirited conversation before the show. Even uh, this is from Fox Business. You know we love them. Yep. 
Our friends over at Fox Business by Madeline Coggins. Sounds like a real name, definitely. I wonder if she's related to Wolfie Goggins. Tony. Even right, though the last name's different. Wal- Wal- Walton Goggins. They, they both spell and pronounce their name differently. Yes. Um, That's why so I think they might is, be related. We had been doing some ongoing checks about conservative dads, ultra-right beer, and uh, had not heard much from them in the last four or five months. Uh, but this came out just today. A CEO boycotting woke beer creates brand that supports American values. We blew up overnight. Conservative dad's ultra-right beer uh, beer founder, Seth Weathers, that's the brand to grow for decades to come. So a couple highlights here. Um, so Freedom Speaks Up CEO Seth Weathers said his brand, Conservative Dad's ultra-right beer, blew up overnight. It's wild what's going on right now, Weathers said on Mornings with Maria. Uh, which I'm not familiar with this show. Americans are looking for companies that are not woke, that support their American values, are American values. So he just says a bunch of woke crap. It's all nothing. Blah, 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 blah. Story that you already know. Bud Light struggling. Uh, so nothing about, really nothing about his beer until you get to like the bottom third of the page. And um, he talks about, the beer we wanted a beer everyone could drink everyone that's a broad term but there are a lot of people who would appreciate and enjoy uh you don't want to drink an ipa all the time you don't want to drink beer flavored water all the time so it was a good mix somewhere in the middle from flavor and ab value as well i don't know what that means Uh, that's what i was Um, trying to work out this this was clearly not written by chat uh, GPT, maybe version one, but not three point five, and certainly he's not paying the twenty nine ninety five a month for version four. Um, but anyways, because that makes yep, no, no sense. You're exactly right. No way. It doesn't make any sense. Here's the part that kind of threw you and I for a loop, though, Tony. Ultra right beer has managed to secure statewide distribution in states like Georgia and Arkansas, with other states lined up. Others noted getting statewide distribution so quickly after the company started is not a common thing in the industry. Uh, we're sending in this beer out by the tractor load. You can go up to your local package store and you've got all those other brands we talked about and you got conservative dads, ultra right beer displayed next to them. So this doesn't happen in the beer industry. You don't just all of a sudden get statewide distribution in stores all over the place. It's what the people have done and they've demanded it. That's what's caused this. So, Tony, um, you know, there's there's an easy uh, – so one, one thing that I think we were both skeptical of, and I certainly was, was the phrase secure statewide distribution. Yes. And maybe not – I am not hyper-familiar with the um, state law of uh, three-tier distribution in um, Georgia and Arkansas, but the U.S. does operate in a three-tier distribution setup. Um, and generally distribution, uh, and again, maybe my Georgians or our Arkan, our Kansans can <laughs> tell me something different, but, um, I don't believe distribution works in a state, necessarily a state by state fashion only. Um, you can often reach markets. Um, you might have a distributor in Atlanta that's different from a distributor in Athens, you might have a distributor in Little Rock that's different from the distributor in Bentonville. Um, yep. So I'm not sure what statewide distribution means, but okay, maybe he secured a distributor in these states. Fine. Um, or he didn't, because I can't really tell. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm interested into now. I, I'm guessing that the type of package stores he's getting into. Well, here, here's an idea. Uh, let's look. Let's, why don't we just go to the Total Wine website? <laughs> I don't Total think he's getting into store. Total. I think he's getting into Total Wine. No, Total Wine carries everything. It carries every shitty beer. A lot of it old as hell. Um, let's see if we can find it. Uh, that's a big package store. Hey, that's a contract you're going to want. It is. Um, uh, it is not. It's not available at uh, <laughs> at Total Wine at this point. At least not on online. Um, but I, I would say he's getting into the liquor store. I mean, maybe he's getting into the shitty liquor store in the gas station. I don't know. Oh, or I, he's I an ID. I, or he's not doing anything. Yeah. And he's fooling himself here, and he's really just sending this beer still for like we did look it up. It's still twenty dollars a four a six pack. And it still takes 30 days for you to get your beer. Yep. I so. maintain that he is one of these grifters that every time he gets tapped for press, um, he's willing to go and do it. But otherwise, um, he's doing the bare minimum for his business to survive. And he uses that to push his... Um, I'm, I'm guessing he's going to run for mayor or political office sometime in the not-too-distant yeah. future, and he's going to use this brand to springboard off it after he's made his couple of million dollars. Because, like, you know in the early days he suckered people into paying $20 for a six-pack of this beer. We, we've spoken at length about this beer, and it's uh, over-the-top pricing. He hasn't dropped that pricing, and it's still taking 30 days to arrive. So and he's apparently distributing, which you think would even out his yeah. costs a bit, right? Surely, if it's I mean, if, if he's got it in a warehouse somewhere and he's moving I mean, pallet loads buy, of it, he should be able to move it quick uh, out of his web. He should have the logistics to move it quicker off his website rather than drop ship I can it. Buy a, I can buy a four pack of burial, like seven percent hazy, eight yep. percent hazy. On their website for seventeen ninety nine, right? So I get to, what's that? That's uh, you know, that's only um, that's sixty four ounces of beer, and a, a twelve pa- a, a six pack of twelve ounce cans is seventy two ounces of beer. But this has less booze in it. It tastes worse, presumably, yep. and um, it costs twenty dollars. Does he add shipping? I assume he adds shipping to this. Uh, I didn't look. I'm not positive. But um, the, the, my point being that if I buy that, that beer is canned on Monday. And I buy that beer on Wednesday, and they ship that beer on Friday, and that beer is in my hands on Monday. So that is a week-old can of IPA, right, that I'm getting from North Carolina to Nevada. And then this feller is taking 30 days to ship beer that was brewed a month ago. Yep, and you get a special offer when you click on your six-pack to add, for a discount of 15%, the official Conservative Dad's Ultra Right Wing Beer T-shirt. Available uh, in white, black, or true royal. I don't know why it's available in black. That sounds like they're missing the mark there. You can get it into 3X. I really thought they would have gone into bigger sizes than 3X. I know 3X in America is big. But uh, pretty big. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what's going on here. Um, 
it, it Apparently, says, Politico drank the beer. Politico drank the ultra right beer. And um, let me see if I can find the review here. Politico, not exactly my favorite news source either, but um, let me see if I can actually get to it. So here we go. The proper way to do this. Okay, so they got these two dorks doing it. Uh, the label says, eat eat steak, lift weights, be uncensorable, drink a little beer. I can feel the wokeness leaving my body. This is not very good at all, and I consider myself somewhat of a connoisseur of shitty macro brews. Um, so he likes Coors Banquet beer, and he yeah Coors, he says Coors is the actual anti-woke beer. I don't know why this needs to exist. It's um, <laughs> a good point. Um, and uh, he says it tastes kind of an, like a non-alcoholic IPA. It's watery with a weird hoppy aftertaste. Um and uh, it's t-shirt is thirty dollars. The hoodie is fifty. The hat is thirty-five. And uh, they said it's pretty bad. So that's yeah. what Politico says. Woke, woke Politico says it stinks. And I added it to my cart, and I didn't get any discount on. I'm not going to check out people, but I added the the three X shirt, and it I would turns love out it if you shipped it, Nick Adams shipped it to you to Australia. <laughs> Fucking Nick Adams, you can keep him. Yeah, I know. We're stuck with him, I think. Anyways, that's, that's as much as we should ever talk about this. I was well, just, it's I, mostly I, the beer component. It's less of this guy's shitty thing and more about that. I just, there's a lot of coded language in here that makes me feel like he's lying. Yeah, of course he of is. Stuff. But uh, just, I, I did Google Madeline Coggins and uh, I didn't go to her Instagram page, but you know how it brings up sort of the, the blurb um, in the Google search results. Um, her blurb is, Daughter of the King, loved, forgiven, and saved, redeemed, Palm Beach, Florida. So that's Madeline Goggins in a nutshell. Co- Madeline Coggins, uh, apologies. So Sounds like a great person to be around. Um, yep, and she looks exactly like you would think. Like re- recent university graduate, uh, definitely does like um, does crafting with Bible pages and <laughs> stuff like that. It's Hobby Lobby. She's at Hobby Lobby twice a week. Oh know, yeah, absolutely. Picking up some picking up some various Iraqi um, relics. antiquities. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So here's you know I love a listicle. Let's do one. This isn't even a listicle. This is a li- this is just a flat out fucking list. Um, this isn't even rank. This isn't even like reviews. No. Um, this is the ten most valuable beer brands in the world. So the big news today that did come out was that Modelo has officially surpassed Bud Light, not just in the month-to-month sales, but they are better the selling year. over the course of the year. Yep. Than Bud Light, so they have sold more beer in 2023 in the U.S. than Bud Light has. Uh, Modelo has so. But here we are, the 10 most valuable beer brands. Now, this was technically set in 2022, um, but just recently dropped out here. Um, so your 10 most valuable beer brands, Tony, tell me if these, any of these surprise you. Number 10 is Miller Light. Number 9 is Coors Light. Not really, yeah. not surprising. They're, they're sort yeah. of, for me... They're the two marquee beers for those brands. And, yeah, I know they're not as big as Bud. They sort of have regional love. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Miller Lite is much more popular in Chicago than than Bud. I'll say that. And Coors um, Light. Coors, Coors Coors has its fans. It's it's Troy Bohan. It, it has it has its thing. I don't I don't quite understand it with Coors. They have Coors Banquet at Silver Stamp. Mostly because cool. I think the bottle look the bottles look cool. Yeah. You know. Um, next up is Asahi and Kirin. Kirin Ichiban, uh, which are my um, unfairly, these are the beers that Americans only drink when they're at the sushi restaurant. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I I would have had the brands around the other way, but maybe that's my bias. I uh, don't know where you come in on that. Oh. I, I would, I prefer, I think Asahi tastes better. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's, oh, just, I'm not surprised by the value component. I think Kieran is more prevalent here than Asahi. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. Mm. Now the Number next six one is up. Snow. Yeah. Yeah, this is a beer that's almost exclusively sold in China. Non, oh. a super non, super non premium. <laughs> Jeez. Must that's be a bottom burn. of the barrel. Dirt <laughs> chicken sucks. It's the nutty um, light of China. Four percent lager, almost exclusively sold in China. Um, it's, it grew a mind blowing four hundred seventy percent over the past decade. So the Chinese have been getting snow pushed in their faces for a decade now, at least. Can I uh, recommend a marketing six. campaign? I suggest sure. they get a Canadian rapper from the 90s to reprise his hit song Informer and try and sell Chinese beer. Do you remember that rapper, Snow? Oh, yeah. Informer. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's as far as I'm going to go with that song. That's great. Um, all right, number five is Modelo. Um, Modelo might be the best tasting beer on this list, honestly. Um it's not like great, but it's pretty fine. Like Coronas, um, I, I drink fine. a Modelo before a Corona. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, Modelo is five. Bud Light is four. Bud Light must still have enough traction in the rest of the world, especially to yep. uh, stay ahead of Modelo. Budweiser, this the, is uh, Bud Heavy. I know is popular across the world. Budweiser. Yep. I've learned is especially popular with Canadians. I, I was surprised to learn. You can get Bud uh, here in Australia. You can get Miller. Um, not Miller High Life, not Miller um, Light, Miller Genuine Draft at Dan Murphy's. Oh, my dad's, my classic, my dad's favourite when I was a kid, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, we don't tend to get any of the American light beers, but we do get the full carb option. So Budweiser. I'll be honest, the, am I mistaken in thinking that Australians maybe aren't the light a light beer drinking. Light beer culture. means something different in Australia, and it's uh, that's where yeah. the confusion would be. Light beer is a lower alcohol strength, coming in at about three and a half percent. Yeah, we'd have to call it something like diet, diet, calorie diet. <laughs> reduced diet. Diet Bud would be really good. Um, so three is Bud, uh, two is Corona, and number one. Who would have thought it's Heineken, the number one beer brand in the world? I guess that doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't um, surprise seeing me. How, yeah, it is huge. They do they do advertise anything that's not um, an American specific sport. They're pretty much all over Champions yep. League, Formula uh, One, World Cup, Formula One. They're all over the place. 
I to did me, hear it's, this, it's, Tony. It's, it's like the dominance that that Bader's like AB InBev have got. Heineken have that in Europe with all their different brands and with Heineken being that flagship beer that you know is going to be in basically 90% of bars. So, Tony, we get those awful green cans here or green um, bottles. green bottles here um, and it make, the beer tastes awful. Um, yep. But I did recently have someone tell me, it was this person I respect greatly, uh, someone who is a certified Cicerone, who said that Heineken in a can, cold, is one of the cleanest tasting beers you can drink. It's one of the eg- exemplars of like I agree. absolutely no um, non um, yeah off flavors. You know, yeah. I agree. I've, I've had it a few times. Um, tends to be at sporting events. You go to the Grand Prix in Melbourne and you can get Heineken in that that green can. Um, you can get it at the tennis in Melbourne in the green can, and it does taste different for whatever reason. Um, out of a keg is fine too, but then you have to rely on on the quality of line cleaning. But those cans, they've got their packaging down pat. They're they're excellent and served ice cold. Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely pretty clean. inoffensive. Yeah, but I only remember. See, I remember Heineken only being in the bottles when I was. Um in my early 20s, and I was like, God, this tastes miserable. What are you doing here? So you're not seeing um, them pop up at events? and Because I, I could see them popping up at, say, cans like... now. You can, get, you can get the cans anywhere um, pretty much here. It's it's not hard. Uh, I actually wish Stamp would start carrying Heineken. I think that would be a nice... Uh, I think the Heineken would be a nice version of a spaghetti. You could do a, a European version of the spaghetti, pour a little uh, Aperol in there. It wouldn't be bad. But... Um, yeah, no, there you go. So Heineken, $7.594 billion is the brand value. That's a lot. That is. I can get my hands on some of that. All right, Tony, last news story here. I don't think we talked about this yet, unless I totally forgot. We did not talk about Duncan Spiked, did we? No? All right, good. Everything we know about, it's from Vine Pair. Uh, everything we know about Duncan Spiked, a new line of hard iced coffee and iced tea. Hell yeah, so, I'm here for it. Uh, so yeah, the people of Boston will be losing their minds, apparently, um, over Duncan Spiked. Uh, we are going to get uh, Duncan. Okay, so we're going to get these two different things. Okay, we're getting two different four packs, it looks like. So we're going to have the Duncan... Spiked tea is going to be available this month, at the end of this month. And then beginning of September, you'll be getting the spiked iced coffee. This is in, oh, the important states to get this in. Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, uh, Texas, and Vermont. So max allotment, you're on, you're on alert. To get to to suffer through some Duncan spiked, I won't. Be, I'll be in Florida in September, so maybe I can get my hands on it. Um, you can't buy it at Duncan. That's something to note. You can only buy it at the package store, and these do have caffeine. So that was a shock to me. I thought that was illegal now, but it's not apparently. Well, so these the teas will contain fifteen to thirty milligrams, and the hard coffees will have about thirty milligrams per can. I think it comes down to the um, 
the idea of marketing beer with added caffeine just for caffeine's sake. Because Moonshot and Four Loco were the ones that fucked it up for everybody there. And that Sparks. And Sparks. Sparks. That shit was so fucked, dude. And they were just adding coke. <laughs> um, not cocaine. Oh, they were adding coke. I mean, they might as well have been, yeah. But they were adding caffeine just for the sake of it. But if you're using a brewing process with some sort of tea or coffee and you get natural extraction from it, um, sure. it doesn't say Makes it's sense. got added caffeine, I'm sure, just through the way they've decided to brew it. Caffeine happens to fall into the brew. Um, right. But I'm more excited about the iced coffee because we've seen... Let's talk about, well, let's talk about these flavors, Tony, real quick. Yep. All right, so you got coffee is going to have these flavors. You have original, which is just going to be um, rich and smooth. I'm guessing these are all going to be sweetened to some degree. I don't think oh, they're yeah. just putting. Duncan's yeah, so we're going to have original. So that's that's just going to be sweetened. I think you're going to have caramel, caramel mocha, and, and vanilla. Six percent yep. on these. All right, Tony, give me what are you what are you going to say about coffee? What do, you, what do you think of these? Is this something you even care about or you'd be interested in? I would be interested in this because any sort of coffee-flavoured alcohol I tend to get my hands on. Now, it goes one or two ways. I imagine these are so um, production-centric, you won't have the issue that I you get with a lot of craft-based coffee beverages. Mm. And it, to me, if the extraction is done with alcohol, you get this weird, like, green vegetable coffee flavour that yep. isn't particularly pleasant. But I'm hoping these are like a Japanese or Vietnamese... Um, Ice coffee that's shelf stable that you get here in Australia, like your Sun Toy ice coffee drinks, um, in that sort of range of things, but with a, a good whack of alcohol. So I, yeah, that's, that's that's my hope with those. I suspect it will taste sweet like the like the Vietnamese, but maybe not quite um, as sweet as that. But yeah, right, yeah, certainly sweet. And then your tea, your tea flavors are Dunkin' slightly sweet iced tea, meaning it's going to be sweet. Uh, half and half iced tea. So that would be what I would suspect is sweet and unsweet mixed. Um, um, no, which is, I, that, that's what we call it here. You think it was lemonade? Maybe. I, I was just thinking perhaps the iced tea doesn't have any sort of milk product in it. And the half and half is um, got a little bit of milk in it, like half and a half milk. No, no, no way. Yeah, we don't put, nobody puts milk in their tea in the US. There'd be no way in hell you'd see that. Um, I think that half and half is going to be, um, here, let's look, let's see, Duncan, RT, half and half. Um, people love when I Google on here. <laughs> uh, does it tell me? Uh, half and half iced tea. It is half black tea and half lemonade. Okay. Oh. So there you go. It's like an Arnold Palmer, Tony. The slightly sweet iced tea is black tea and refreshingly sweet with a bright citrus finish with a twist of lemon. Um, the spiked half and half has the uh, lemonade. A strawberry dragon fruit iced tea refresher made with green tea and slightly sweet with bright and exotic fruit flavor. And then the mango pineapple iced tea is also made with green tea with a tropical fruit flavor twist. And uh, so you can buy these in three sizes. All these are going to come in the mix pack, 
um, you can buy a four-pack of the originals. So you can buy a four-pack of the original iced coffee and the slightly sweet iced tea. But you can't. No. You can buy a four-pack of the coffee one, sorry, and a six-pack of the iced tea. Not confusing. Thank you. <laughs> and then you can buy the 19.2-ounce stovetop, or stovetop, stovepipe cans <laughs> of, of both of these. So, But only with the, like, core brand. So... If you want yeah. any of the fancy flavors, you have to get the mix pack. Um, now, all right, what, so there you go, Duncan. Duncan stuff. I I would absolutely try these. Hell yeah! Uh, if they have them at the Total Wine when I'm at my uh, when I'm at my dad's, I will absolutely give these a a spin. Now I can't wait to see. Somewhere in the world has got to be doing this. Are you familiar with bubble tea? Surely you're familiar with boba. Yeah, boba. boba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got those. Yeah. Yeah, I there are a million see, places in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are a million places in Melbourne. Like, there, every second store in in the Melbourne mm-hmm. CBD is like a chai time yeah. or a fucking boba place. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to see an alcoholic version of boba. I think that'll be the way to go. That milk tea um, with with pearls and shot of vodka. How delicious would that be? I know it's not a brewed malt beverage like the Spike Duncan, but I think it would be delicious. Here we go. We're at bobabuddha.com. Um, uh, what alcohol goes with boba? Uh, so depending on, so this is just, you can just, oh, you can infuse your boba pearls with alcohol, Tony. You can get, you can get your tap, cook the tapioca pearls according to the instruction of the package. Then rather than adding the brown sugar, simple syrup, just pour alcohol on them and let them sit for 15 minutes. This actually sounds really fun. Um, you can get you can get some, you know, bobas soaked in fucking gin or whatever. It's kind of cool. What would you go with there? Would you go vodka or would you go something with a? Well, it depends flavor? on the, depends on your tea pipe, right? Depends on what your flavor you're getting in your milk tea. But um, I might just go vodka because it's a little more neutral, especially with all these fruit flavors like the tea tends to have, right? Yeah. Yep. Because I. Yeah. For me, when I order boba, I'm not ordering any of the fruit stuff, none of the weird stuff. I just like the milk tea, the brown sugar, tapioca pearls. I want something to play off that. I'm thinking like rum, like not dark rum, something yeah, light. Rum is Havana good. Havana Club rum. Captain, Captain, you guys get Havana Club? Do you guys get the yeah. grill Havana Club or just the Puerto Rico shit? I think we get the... You get the Cuba, Cuba Havana get, Club? Yeah. All right, I might need to find my way into some of that because we don't, we aren't allowed. We get, we get ripoff Puerto Rico brand, Havana Club. Uh, let me look. It'll be yeah. Dan Murphy's Havana Club Special um, Product Specs. It should yeah. tell me the Cuba. you guys aren't in Cuba. Yeah, see there. You go. All right, sick. All right, I can get the good shit. Yep. Um, all right. That's good news. Hey, Tony, I'm getting excited, more excited for this trip every day. I'm going to drink <laughs> Cuban rum. Hell yeah. All right. Why don't we – I know we did an Untrapped last week, but I felt like I had to do another one after looking at that Belgian beer list. So we're going to do a Belgium edition <laughs> of Untrapped this week.
I actually have five this week, so we're going to speed through these. I, I wanted to give you a nice sampling of the various Belgian beers. You get three of these, we'll take you out of the well, uh, and and everything will be fine. You know, it'll be great, and we won't be mad about the ratings on these at all. So let's start at the top of the Silver Stamps draft list. We aren't going to go through every one, like I said, just five. First one we're going to do, the favorite beer of mine, it's is Taras Oba, a Belgian blonde with 4.5% alcohol, generously hopped with the finest aromatic hops, giving it a refreshing character and a scent reminiscent of citrus. Uh, it is 4.5%. It has 67,736 ratings. I gave it two of those ratings, and those two ratings are both five stars. Um, so, Tony, Tardus Bulba by Brasserie de la Seine. A very famous Belgian blonde, Belgian pale. So um, the um, the vulva, I'm going to go with. Vulva, <laughs> the vulva. <laughs> the vulva. He's, how do you rate this vulva? Um, We're not playing that game, Tony. <laughs> Guess her vulva. Doesn't it? <laughs> <have, laughs> like hmm. the same ring. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it sticks. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to say that this comes in at a shockingly low 3.82. Tony, you're going to have to adjust your brain here. Uh, oh. uh, Tony, this is one of my favorite beers. This this comes in at a 3.35. Jesus Christ. Bulba. Oh. There you go. That's how things are going in the world these days. Uh, let's move. Let, let me let's, just, let's see if I can dig up a couple of uh, ratings here. Uh, you know, maybe lately people have been rating this better. And oh, here's some. We got some two and a half. So we got some two and a quarters. Two and a quarter from Vincent Lucan. Martin Van Cranenberg gives it a three. Uh, uh, Robert Roth says is Tibitter. And he's in the Netherlands. They shouldn't let people from the Netherlands outside of their house, anyways. Um. Krudig Hoppig, bitter in Vat on de Drojekant. All right. Anyways, you got that one wrong. Let's move on to Stouterick. Stouterick is the next one. Stouterick, also by Brasserie de la Seine, the much hated Brasserie de la Seine. Belgian style, or sorry, Belgian stout in the Irish style with 5% alcohol, light, dry, and freshly bitter with complex roasted notes. The scent is pleasantly fragranced by the presence of an English aromatic hop, particularly appreciated by connoisseurs. So what I'll tell you is this is a Irish style stout using Belgian, your kind of traditional Belgian yeast. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not even getting Wi-Fi this week. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm really confused because this sounds delicious. Yeah, it is, but it's a 5% stout. you got to throw that out. And yeah. people really hate De La, De La Sen for some reason. So, uh, has, Sorry, it has 24,291 ratings, and it's 5%. I'm going to go with... Uh, man, this is tough, dude. Three, it is hard, yeah. That's why I told you it's really hard to think about these beers being disliked. 314 
you went a little too far. Oh. You you dove down too far. Uh, 3.37. This is right in the Taurus Bulba zone. 3.37 for Stouterick, um, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing right. Yeah, absolutely. No problem there. Yep. Uh, let's move on, Tony. Let's move on to something a little higher alcohol, something a little punchier. Uh, this is from the gang over at Castile, uh, which is a big brewery. Castile Brower Ben Hansbrook. This is the Castile Donker. It's the Quad. It's a member of the Belgian quadruple family. These are strong, dark brown beers with a roasted malt predominates. The very first beer of the Castile range is a full-mouthed beer. That's maybe a bad translation. With hints of caramel, coffee, and chocolate. Sweet initial taste makes this beer surprisingly complex, but very accessible. So this is a Quad. Not an Abbey Quad. This is not necessarily an Abbey um, Castile, I don't believe. Yes, this is just a brewery. Um, quad. Brewery. This has ninety three thousand two hundred and twenty three ratings. It's eleven percent Belgian quad. Now quads are divisive. They're not as well loved as say a triple. I think a lot of people don't know what they're coming at with the like raisiny. That to me is the overriding quality that I get from a Belgian quad. Is that like raisin yeast sure. character from a quad? I'm going to say this comes in, it's got to be up the scale. Um, but I would this normally rate this yeah. like a, a 4.4. I don't think it's anywhere near that. That's that's nonsense. But I am going to go 3.97. Tony, you went back over the top again. Oh, what are you? 3.64 3. from Castile Donker. What? Which I drank yesterday and was quite what? nice. Uh, I don't know if maybe the bottles are fucked. I don't know. Um, but uh, it tasted quite lovely. Um, and it looks like, to be honest, it looks like the bottles are pouring good. Uh, so I would be surprised. I, I'm just looking at the reviews. Maybe the Belgians are just fucking hard on their own beer. I don't know. You know, it could be anything. All right. Well, you went 0 for 3. Let's see if we can get a couple out of here. Maybe we can save you your Wi-Fi at least. Um, yeah. The next one, this one's a little more in, in our wheelhouse of beers we often do on here. This is the Old Beersel Creek and Lambic. Old Beersel Creek and Lambic uh, is a traditional Lambic beer produced by the addition of real sour cherries for natural fermentation in young Lambic. Once the cherries have been fully macerated and fermented, Creek and Lambic is blended with an older Lambic to reach the desired flavor. For each liter of Creek and Lambic, there are 400 grams of sour cherries. It's not sweetened, no flavorings or preservatives. It is 7.5%, a shocker on the alcohol, um, but it is. Uh, it has 4,090 ratings, less ratings for sure. Okay. Recently, a guy named Grandpa Beer drank this at the Silver Stamp. I was not familiar with Grandpa Beer. Um, Do you have an idea of Vegas, who that so. could be? I actually have. Uh, this is not. I'm not familiar with Grandpa Beer. I do not recognize Grandpa Beer. <laughs> um, so somebody knew. I'm going. He to gave s- it a four point two five. Apparently, so. Yeah, it has to be in that region, right? Well, you would think, but Ooh, uh, the Belgians are drinking a lot more of this than the than the. In the States, I would say. That's okay. just one thing you got to remember. Yep, and kind of like Australia, they um, 
at least in the early days of Untapped, I think it is changing. I think people are starting to loosen up in Australia. Uh, there was not many beers that scored in the fours. Uh, we're definitely changing that. Yeah. I don't think there's been a huge uptick in beer quality. I think there has been an uptick in quality, but I don't think it's been huge. And I think Belgian people will come around to the fact that their beers deserve more than what they're currently giving it. But I've got to say, in, in you saying that, you've given me a hint. I've got to go back to around the same place that I was, but I'm going to go to 38 Zero. Three point eight zero. You get that one, Tony. Yes. You're right Wi-Fi. there. Wi Fi, baby. Three point three point eight four for Creek and Lambic. Um so you're you're you you've been dial you're dialing in a bit. He's getting he's heating up, he's gonna save himself some internet here. Um Let's see now. Let's see if we can turn on. Uh, we're not. Let's see if we can. We got the internet turned on. Now let's see if we don't do a Utah on them. You know, we're not going to turn off. Well, good. The good sites. Okay, no, so. I, I thought you were going to uh, throttle my internet back to fifty six k speeds. Fifty six k. No, I was just going to go full Utah, and <laughs> you're going to go to Pornhub and be like, no. <laughs> got to put in your driver's <laughs> license. Right. Yeah. Right. Your social security. Uh, this, Tony, this is a favorite of mine. This was one of the highlights I had yesterday. Uh, this is a Belgian IPA from the past called 2X Bitter, XX Bitter from Duranc, 6%. This has 56,411 ratings. Uh, extra Extra Bitter is a blonde bitter ale t- uh, containing 6% alcohol. Famous for its very bitter and strong flavor, it's made with pale pilsner malt and loads of brewer's gold and Hallertau hop flowers. So hops from the past. Um, A perfect combination that has been nationally and internationally praised. This ale has been a trendsetter for the comeback of bitter ales in Belgium. Only whole leaf hops are used in this beer. Tony, I will speak from uh, my uh, experience yesterday. This beer is bitter in the ways that beers are not bitter here frequently. Uh, it did not have that juicy sweetness <laughs> that comes. The sweetness comes from more of the estery, yep. slight estery flavor you get off the Belgian yeast. The hops are dry and punchy and sharp. Uh, and it was quite yummy on draft especially. I've got to go back to around that first beer rating of 32 Nine. Oh, I should go lower. I should go lower, but I'm not going to. Three point two. Hi, Tony. You went a little too low. I think people like the bitter a little more than you thought. Uh, so you're you're gonna be you're gonna be putting in your driver's license, your ID code, on the uh, on uh, fucking red tube. It's a three point four seven for two X bitter. Not a single beer. On the list, gets a four or really even close to a four. That's, that's gross. A, ter- a terrifying look into the universe of beer right now. Um, it I, I stared deep into the abyss after after that experience. So it's uh, it's unfortunate, um, but you know what? We try to move on. Well, uh, in moving some on, of the others. Can you yes. um, do me a favour? I know people love you Googling on the show, almost as they love me eating on the show. Hey, but this show goes on during lunchtime in my time. 
I need it for my blood sugar. I get you. But can you do the Google for me on Untapped for the mm-hmm. Untapped rating of Modelo and what it comes in at? I just want to see how it compares. Hello, yep. It does not beat any of these beers. Um, it's uh, 325,000 check-ins. And it has a 3.12. So not... It's, wow. it's 0.25 behind Terrace Bulba. So That's very close that to the Volva. The vo- see, you know what? We love to get that close. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, the only other the only other beer I'll throw out that is a favorite of mine that's highly underrated that we didn't do here is the Bavic for Pills, which has a truly offensive three point three two um, as its rating. So Bavic Super Pills, a absolutely delicious uh, hoppy Czech style Pilsner. God damn! All right, well, gang, drink your Belgian beers. Yep, uh, and rate them well. Tony, why don't you tell people how they can find us? They can find us on the Untaps. That man is Griff AD. He's checking in all his Belgian and Belgian beers. Um, whatever's easier to say is what I would go with. Um, I'm St. Moz on Untapped. I'll be brewing a Kolsch this week at Mafco. Uh, the ingredients have just arrived. Nothing you out mashing in. You gonna ma- you you mashing in yep. on this one? Mashing in on this nice. one. Said so I'd give him a hand on on the brew day. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. Hallertauer hops, Kolsch yeast, Pilsner, little bit of wheat, bang on style. Because wheat exciting can come in a Kolsch. Um, so I'm excited for that. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at Beer Engine Pod. Uh, you can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. You can give us a, t- a tip, uh, which would help pay for some of that sweet, sweet Vine Stefana pills. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. And don't forget to check out our Discord. It's available in all the places Griff said earlier, specifically sure. on Discord too. Come hang out with us on Discord. We're having a great time over there. Um, especially, you know what? If you uh, just like it to be kind of normal, it's sort of a cool place to be. You know, it's great. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, another delightful time talking to you, Tony. We'll be back next week with some potentially more even insane nonsense that is totally yeah. incomprehensible. Maybe some more uh, Fox so News long. chatter. Maybe some more Fox News chatter. All right. So long, y'all. Bye-bye.